Hello, and welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer-tasting podcast. Sitting here in the Yule spirit, as I'm told, is one of your hosts, Jeremy, and uh, in the great frosty white north, once again sitting by a fire roasting chestnuts and brambleberries? Is that a thing? I don't know. It's the other host. It's me, Michael, just munching on some brambleberries. Is a brambleberry a thing? I'll see what it is. And search Brambleberry Soap Making Supplies. Oh, here we, here we go. In British English, a bramble is any rough, tangled, prickly shrub, specifically the blackberry bush. Interesting. Oh, we learned something. Yeah, I suppose so. Learning is for suckers, Michael. We're in the holiday <laughs> season. We're off on uh, vacation, uh, enjoying the snow, I'm assuming. Uh, so hit me, hit me with the beer brag, brother. Well, I was going back looking at some potential beer brags, and I realized I had admitted one from uh, maybe about a month ago or so. And I don't think I brought it up on the show before because it's actually more of a beer bond than a beer brag. So I don't think I talked about this, but if I did, well, you're hearing it again. I had from Wisconsin Brewing Company their depth charge. Uh huh. With the note that it, this isn't the barrel aged one. Ah. This is the one from this year, the one where I went to the event where they threw a bunch of rocks and yes. worked. But the fermentation is complete, and this one was, you know, put on tap and everything. But another allotment was put to the side to age in barrels. So this is the mm. non barrel aged version. Uh, obviously, it takes time to barrel age things. So that'll come next year. Um, but this one my dad had on tap and he liked it a lot. He was pretty good. It's a Doppelbach mm. um, as opposed to last year's Scotch Ale. So he got a growler of it at a later date and we had it at a uh, family get together and it was really not that great. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like um, not the flavor of the beer or anything. It was the, what am I looking for? Like the, there was a bunch of off flavors in it. It tasted like a homebrew, really, like homebrew caliber from a professional brewery. Interesting. It had a buttery flavor to it. Oh. Um, yeah. That yeah. Was like, yeah. Yeah. And so actually my dad poured it to me um, and had me blindly taste it. And he's like, where do you think this is? I'm like, um, is this a homebrew? Because I know he had been at a homebrew tasting event mm. like a few days before. I thought he might have got some from that guy. But no, it was from the brewery. So I don't know if we just had like a bad keg or like the dregs of a keg or something like that for this growler fill. But, you know, and the one he had was okay. But this one was off. So I'm hoping that does not affect the barrel aged product uh, next year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it was strange. Very, uh, I guess, disappointing is the word. We'll see um, <laughs> how things pan out um, in the future, though. Well done, Michael. Sometimes we have to uh, take the good in order to take the... Wait, take the bad in order to take the good. Yeah, there you doesn't, go. It doesn't quite work like the theme song there, but, you know, it happens to the best of us. That's kind of like the gift of the Magi, I think. I traded in my growler and had no... I don't know. Jeremy, what's the, uh, what is your beer break, Jeremy? I may have talked about this one already, so feel free to chop it out if you, this sounds like a repeat. But okay, uh, for my beer brag, I had Sobra Mesa Mexican Stout from Exile. I do not believe you've talked about this. Okay, so, please so I, I had this one before we went to a wrestling house show a couple weeks back. 
at Need Pizza in Cedar Rapids, which is about a block away from the arena where they hold these things. I had been meaning to get up there because it's well-renowned in the area as a beer bar that gets all the stuff you want to have. And they had a, a really good beer list. But the Sober Mesa Stout is very similar to these. Uh, it's in the same vein as the Shoko Vesa and the Jingle Java Stout, mm-hmm. I believe. It's basically Exile out of Des Moines doing one with uh, brewed with cocoa nibs, cinnamon, pasilla, chili, pasilla? Pasilla chilies and Horizon Line coffee. So, Sober Mace is all about slowing down, relaxing, and spending time with family and friends. Exactly how you should enjoy this beer. I think Shoka Vesa on tap at the Sanctuary kind of ruined me on the Mexican stouts. I was just going to ask you, how does this stack up to that? It's not as good. Okay. It's it's still a good beer. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's it just doesn't have the punch. If that makes any sense. Okay, I can kind of see what you're saying. Um, it's it's still good, but just everything was kind of like tamped down a little bit. I would have preferred just more of everything, but it just wasn't there. But still good. For example, the uh, some of the stouts they have on a tap at Need Pizza CR. It's got the Surly's Brute IPA, a Gin Hophenge IPA, which I almost got, which is a Deschutes IPA that they age in gin barrels. Now, I am not a big gin fan. I know you are with your Pimm's Cup and a Pimm's Cup. Yeah. <laughs> but I was curious to see what an IPA in a gin barrel would be like because that might actually work. Hmm. Maybe we'll yeah. have to get our hands on that. They also That's have curious. like maple scotch ale from Sierra Nevada, hint, hint, Arabicadabra from Bell's, which one of these days I'm going to get in a swap, the peanut butter victory at sea, and so on and so forth. Just mm. a lot of really good stuff that you don't see everywhere. How was the pizza? I don't know. <laughs> you just went for the beer. I uh, had gotten off work a little bit early to make sure that I got up there in time for everything, and I was earlier than I thought I would be, so I stopped for a beer before I went and got uh, before I got dinner. Good move. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeremy, uh, as we mentioned in some not so subtle references, it is. I think this is coming out on Christmas Day. Oh, is it? I think so. <laughs> yeah, uh, officially anyway. So I do have a little. Christmas quiz. I think you'll like it, um, as this isn't about Christmas itself, but rather Christmas specials from yesteryear mm. that we probably indulged in year after year when we were children on network TV. I, I feel like part of the magic is gone because we can I can watch you know National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation in like July. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, granted, I could have just gotten the movie from the library back in the day on VHS, but you didn't. Rudolph, to the best of my knowledge, wasn't for sale. You just had to wait until that wicked CBS dun 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 music <laughs> came on, and go from there. Yes, you know, we kind of watched these just because they were on the air. That's true. I, you know, I don't know if kids these days. Uh, I can't believe I just said uh, that. I know, right? <laughs> I think it all the time, and I hate myself for thinking it. Yeah. You know, they'll just be able to watch what they want to whenever they want to, which really is a good thing. But at the same time, they'll miss out on the force-fed media that we had to uh, endure slash enjoy. True. Anyway, back to the quiz. Um, so I have synopsises, like two, three sentences that I pulled from Wikipedia for some random Christmas specials. Um, I'm going to read them to you, and I might have to censor out some protagonist name or some, mm-hmm. you know, clear giveaways. And your job is to figure out what the special is. Interesting. Um, 
as a bonus, after we ascertain what the special is, you can also try to guess the year or decade it came out in. I approve of this wholeheartedly. All right. Here is the part of the synopsis off of Wikipedia for the first question. Lumpy uses this opportunity to put his plan into motion, faking a repeated call for the Imperials to return to base. Is this the Ewok Christmas special? Well, yes, yes. It's not or called is it that. The, but... Is it the Star Wars Christmas special? Or is it the Ewok one? Because I Star remember there War- were two. Oh, it is the Star Wars holiday special. Okay, is this the one with like the twelve-minute Wookiee interlude where they don't speak in anything but Wookiee? Yes. Did you ever see this thing? I've seen most of what I could tolerate of it. I mean, I jumped around. You know, when the acrobats are performing while the giant Wookiee looks on. I think I skipped forward through that. Um, Am I crazy in thinking that there was uh, an Ewok special? Uh, there might have been. What is that animated, though? No, no, no. It was real. I Caravan of Courage and Ewok Adventure. I did not know that existed. Uh-huh. It's not good. <laughs> well, and I guess caveat to this, this really... Ad hoc. We never watched this when we were kids because you couldn't. It was shut down. Yeah, <laughs> only until the dawn of the internet that it has resurfaced. Mm-hmm. It's terrible, and George Lucas hates it. Oh boy, it. you can you can just see like the cocaine, like a thin film of drugs on everything in that. Because I mean, especially Carrie Fisher, rest her soul. Oh yeah, she was kind of off the rails at that point. I think she even admitted that. Um, oh, she was very open about all that in her books and in her uh, speaking engagements. Yeah. Next one. Here you have to you have to say more than the character. You have to say whose special this is, and maybe I just gave it away by saying that. Oh yeah, and the uh, the Star Wars Christmas special was in '83, or no, 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 '82, one between Empire and Jedi. I'm assuming. This says 1978. I was way off. Okay. Anyways, yeah, a few years off. Okay, so here's here's the next one. Donner, Santa's lead reindeer, and his wife have given birth to a new fawn named Rudolph. Upon admiring him, they are surprised to see that he has been born with a glowing red nose. When Santa arrives, he warns Donner that Rudolph will not make the sleigh team because of his nose. So Donner decides to hide it by covering it with mud so Rudolph will fit in with the other reindeer. I mean, it's the Rudolph Christmas special, isn't it? Yes, but who, what uh, production? Oh, is it Rankin-Bass? Yes. Okay. That is correct. The Rankin-Bass, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> I put this in here. I don't know if you listened to Days of Thunder recently, but... I'm very far behind. Oh, Damashek did his signature rant about <laughs> this special where he's like, he's 90 seconds old and they're already saying he's not good enough. He can talk <laughs> oh, and yeah. Santa's casting him aside. <laughs> Uh, do you want mm. to take a guess at what year or decade for this one? Ooh, 60s. I want to say 67. You got 60s. 64. Those are all super- shockingly old. I was surprised when I saw that. Actually, kind of good animation. It works. It's, I mean, it holds it's up. It's not bad. It's like got its own charm. 90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fact, it probably holds up now, too, because it's kind of surreal. It's kind of messed up. <laughs> all right, the next one. Here I have to censor a little bit. Main character also finds out that his rival has been busy making his ultimate Christmas gift, a homemade back scratcher. This is a rare glimpse at main character's other side as main character learns one of the true means of Christmas. It's not the giving, it's not the getting, it's the loving, and gladly thanks and embraces rival for the gift he made. 
Interesting. Maybe rival isn't the best term. Uh, uh, Antagonist. Antagonist. Um, I think the key there is the homemade back scratcher. I mean, I'm a. This sounds like a Simpsons thing, but I don't remember because their Christmas specials were never all that heartwarming. Even the first episode where they brought the dog home was kind of a bummer. Yeah. Is it animated? It is animated. Is it Garfield? It is Garfield, yes. Oh, dang. Oh, man. I'm surprised I got that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is uh, like the, the this is a uh, late 80s, 87. You are correct, right on. Nice. I remember yeah. watching that show a lot when I was uh, a Yes, kid. that's why I picked it out cuz I remembered it a lot. <laughs> Um, I guess Odie, what would you call him? A rival, adversary? A foil, foil. Yeah. That's <laughs> Even though he's go. pretty passive in his role. Um, yeah, Garfield's kind of a jerk. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Abusive, one might say. The uh, sending of cats to Abu Dhabi has different connotations now in the modern era. A little bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, here's another one. I never, I don't think I ever saw this one, but um, maybe we'll be able to get it from the hijinks involved. Mm-hmm. Okay, main character has been going around with his Christmas doings, oblivious to the mad agents attempting to do him in. Later, he visits a local mall Santo, which is actually the chief in disguise. The chief gives... Oh, <laughs> the chief gives main character oh. a self-destructing note containing his mission. <laughs> and of course, main character leaves it to blow up in the chief's face. I mean, it's Inspector Gadget. Yeah. I was leaning that way, but your get I mean, main character kind of <laughs> yeah. gave it away, but that's okay. Botched um, it. It's, it's okay. I, I never really watched it. The animation was weird. I didn't like that show. Yeah, I think it was Japanese, I think. Maybe it was French. Was it and, really? Yeah, it was like sold to like three countries. Like a Power Rangers situation where they yeah. just like whacked it together from other stuff? Well, yeah, it was like dubbed into multiple languages, mm. I want to say. That's why it would be, yeah, that makes sense. Um, 86. It is 1992. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, Inspector Gadget was still on in 1992. I, I, only saw, so. I only remember seeing that on like Nickelodeon on my grandparents when I would be at my grandparents' house because we didn't have Nickelodeon for the longest time. I guess it was, so I'm seeing here, it's, it was two seasons from 83 to 86, but remained in syndication into the late 90s. Uh-huh. That's what I remember. Yeah. Anyway, um, here's the last one, which I think is going back to things we probably saw. Situated in a facsimile of London's Christmas Square, the special is co-hosted by Rex, an erudite intellectual, Tyrannosaurus Rex, and Herb, a dim-witted, bespectacled Styracosaurus with a voracious appetite. Um... It's not Land Before Time. No. Despite there being a shocking amount of those. <laughs> yes. There's nine of those movies, man. I saw number nine on the cable guide the other day. Is this We're Back, a dinosaur story? It is not. Okay. I will say this essentially was a one-off. I don't think it's associated with any other media, at least directly. Hmm. So this is the only thing that it was. It was just this Christmas special? I believe so, more or less. It wasn't like a toy line or anything? I mean, I'm sure there were toys, but... Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. This just is a weird one that sticks out in my head. I'm blanking, Michael. All right. It is a claymation Christmas celebration, and it was a weird claymation Christmas special that 
essentially these two dinosaur hosts introduced various clips. I know one was a bunch of bells, claymation bells, hitting themselves in the head to do Carol of the Bells. <laughs> it was weird. And going back and watching clips of it confirms this. The whole thing is on YouTube. Really? Yes. Does that look familiar at all? No, not not in the least. Oh, and okay. It's from 1987, according to Daily Motion. Yeah, I know it was network, but uh, Carol of the Bells, Claymation Christmas, the segment called Dumb Bell. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the I don't like this at all. It's very uncanny valley, very weird. This looks like uh, it was probably oh, this is disturbing. I can't watch that. <laughs> it looks a lot like the people who made the California Raisins TV show, if you remember that. And actually, the California Raisins are featured in that special. Oh, really? So, yeah. <laughs> There might be a connection there. I I don't know why they became popular. I remember we had like the little McDonald's or Burger yeah, King or whatever toys. Totally. I yeah, think everyone and their dog had those. <laughs> but it's anthropomorphic raisins. <laughs> they were singing "Heard It Through the Grapevine." Yeah. Is that that wasn't the Temptations, was it? Um, was that Ray Charles? Uh. I don't know. I know he sang that, but I don't know who, uh, you know, who originated it. Heard it through the grapevine. California raisins. Oh God. Oh no, I don't like this one bit. They had an album. They had multiple albums. Multiple albums. I think so. And it looks like there's ain't too proud of beg sign sealed deliver. I'm yours, Moni Moni. And so no, to to answer your question, I have not heard it. There's California raisins Christmas. Yeah, why did that catch on? Michael, if you had to guess. Okay, okay. uh, When do you think the last commercial? Featuring the California Raisins? Yes. I'm assuming it's going to be absurdly late. Uh Uh-huh. I was going to say 95, but I'm going to even dig in deeper and go 98. 96. Okay. Uh, And if the world we lived in wasn't horrible enough, there was an NES game called the California Raisins, (laughs) The Grape Escape. Which was a side oh. scroller, uh, and in 2015 it was announced that a live-action CGI reboot of the California Raisins would be produced with the president of the Actors Hall of Fame Foundation, Rusty Citrone, which sounds like a fake name, as one of the people behind the project. That was 2015. It's a planned film. Okay. Well, I was gonna say so far that's I've not heard of that. They won a primetime Emmy for a claymation Christmas celebration. Oh, that's the, what we just talked about. Okay. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. So it was those guys. So, I mean, with that movie, take your take it with a grain of salt. That's from cartoonbrew.com from okay. July 8th, 2015. So, uh, I'll believe that when I see it. And I mean, we can all just crab and moan about all the different reboots and Remember the 80s? These are literally member berries. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> but would a California Raisins movie in 2018 be the absolute nadir of 80s slash 90s nostalgia? Yeah. I, or could it get worse? Uh, maybe if they rebooted the Claymation Christmas special, unless they are like, where's the beef, the film? I, you know... Like, <laughs> you're really digging deep on the licensed products when you're going to the the raisins. I mean, short of them like rebooting the original Dice Clay, which would actually probably go over pretty well in certain segments of the country right now. Yeah, I don't know. And you know, Dice Clay's doing—he's still acting and doing stuff, and he's actually a pretty good actor. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in a esteemed director's movie. Um, I'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> the bad man. Bad man. The ele- one of the alleged bad men. Yes, alleged uh, yeah, bad yeah. man. Yeah. Probably pretty much any movie you like has a horrible person in it. So now that I've thoroughly brought the room down. Yes. How about we move on to the FDR, wherein we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer, Michael. Uh, yeah, I'm actually opening the satchel right now to uh, unveil the beer. Today we are having, in the spirit of the season, Sierra <laughs> oh, yeah. Nevada Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. 2018, I might add. Yeah, this is a kind of a notable and looked forward to winter seasonal. The artwork there has a nice snow-covered cabin with a wreath on the door. Do you have a wreath, Michael? We do, but we didn't put it up. Good. <laughs> Continue. Um, I've got some color text for you yeah, if you like. I, it differs on the bottle on the website, I believe. Well, I'm going with the website. You go with website, then I'll follow up some bottle. Sounds good. Festive, fresh, hop holiday fun. Tongue twister. The start of celebration season is a festive event. We can't start brewing until the first fresh hops have arrived, but once they have, the season is officially underway! Exclamation point. First brewed in 1981, Celebration Ale is one of the earliest examples of an American-style IPA and one of the few hop-forward holiday beers. Famous for its intense citrus and pine aromas, Celebration is bold and intense, featuring Cascade, Centennial, and Chinook hops honoring everything we have at Sierra Nevada. Uh, on the bottle, a little shorter, we first brewed Celebration IPA in the winter of 1981. Each year, we use only the first fresh hops of the growing season to create this complex and robust ale. Layered pine and citrus hop aromas mm. balance delicately against the rich malt sweetness to shape this bold wintertime classic. I'm sure you've heard about the uh, the campfire. Is it the campfire wildfires out in California? Oh, yeah. That- mm-hmm. Uh, It affected Sierra Nevada quite badly. I believe they said that 15% of their workforce was left homeless or... Displaced. Displaced. There's the word I'm looking for. Has anyone in your neck of the woods been brewing the Resilience IPA? No. I've heard about that. I guess, you know, I'm not out there looking for it, though. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I haven't seen any tweets about it or anything like that. I've noticed my Twitter feed, which, as you might expect, is filled with a lot of eastern slash central Iowa breweries. A lot of them have been brewing the resilience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have to look for it around. Lion Bridge, Big Grove, Peace Tree. I'm sure Toplin Goliath, Pulpit, all the big dogs on this side of the river have brewed it. Whether or not it's done, I don't know. But I know they all got together and brewed a batch of resilience. And if I can find it, I will have some. Yes. And let you know how it goes. And I assume the portion of those sales go to the uh, yeah people I think, in need. From yes, very much so. So. I think they just, I know that the Sierra Nevada did it, or at least I'm pretty sure that they brewed it with the charitable aspect in mind, but, but uh, I think a lot of other breweries are making the same thing. Whether or not it's like the exact same thing or if they fiddle around with it, I don't know. But if you see Resilience IPA anywhere, go get one. Help them out. And there have you a go. Beer. Yeah. Um, ABV, 6.8. Uh, IBU is 65. Yeast is ale yeast. Bittering hops are Chinook and Centennial. Finishing hops are Cascade and Centennial. Mm. Malts are Two Row Pale and Caramel. Caramel? Caramel. Caramel. Uh, Michael, we can uh, put this with some roasted turkey and dressing, uh, some fish and chips. And you know, for you, we can do polenta <laughs> and grilled vegetables. Oh, yeah. Have you, have you ever done one of these pairings? Like when a beer, 
websites like you pair this with uh, stuffed peppers or you know whatever. I have not. Neither have I. I don't put that much stock into pairings. I don't know. A, it's a lot of work. B, I don't quite get how they're like compatible on such a specific level. Well, I believe on New Year's Eve, I'm going with my fiance to Kelowna Brewing Company for a five-course dinner-slash-beer pairing. Oh. That'll be a fun thing to uh, chime in on whenever chiming is needed. Yeah. If we're still recording at that point in time before <laughs> yes, the hiatus. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> let's, uh... well, let's open the beer, shall we? Yeah. Mm. What kind of glass are you using? Uh, I just went with the American Pale Males um, standard. The That's a good way of putting it. I've been trying to figure out how th- the canned glass. Yes, the licensed merchandise. Mm-hmm. Collector's item, one might say. Yeah. I'm using a, uh, it's not a tulip, but it's the one that, like, it's a footed glass. Yeah. The rounded one that kind of looks like ovoid, almost, if it were to be finished off. The tulip without the fringe. Kind without of. the without the flare, yeah. Yeah. That is a deep red. Yeah. It's um it's kind of beautiful, man. <laughs> it's beautiful, man. It it smells like a spicier but less a hoppier um what's the green one? The pale ale. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. I was like the pale ale, is that what it's called? I assume they use similar hops, but these are fresh, you see. Yeah. Have you gone in? Uh, I've not gone in. Have you gone in? I have not. <laughs> but uh, but yes, this is a. Uh, it smells delicious. I can tell you that much. Mmm. Go in, Jeremy. That yeah. is fresh. Yeah. I guess before I get into the taste, I have a luxurious, frothy head on mine too. Oh, absolutely! It was uh, a solid two fingers at first pour. Wow, I really like the, the malt, you know, opening. Uh huh. It's really caramely, not sweet, but just really rich, really caramely, and then it finishes off with those hops, which are... Intense. Yeah, intense, um, but not... They're fresh, so they're really bright, they're really... Oily. Yeah. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah, they're not... It's not leaving a sheen of oil on the tongue, but yeah, they're... No, no, no. It's, it's, I mean, it's fresh. I want to say they're kind of volatile, I guess you could say. There you go. That's precisely the word. Mm. And it's a good word. And I like that combination. It kind of, uh, this caramel flavor moving on into this hops that are, I would, they're a little, there's a little earthiness to them. Slight citrus, a hop citrus, not a lemony mm-hmm. pucker citrus. Yep, yep. And, um, and then the finish is a nice classic West Coast oh, yeah. IPA bitterness. Without being too overbearing to ruin those aforementioned tastes. Very much so. I I really like the malt. It's fairly brazen with the amount of malts that it's having in this thing. Mm-hmm. Or at least I feel so anyways. But this is hard for me to describe. It is tasty. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting combo. One usually does not come across a pale ale that's this malty without it, you know, slipping into the double... Right. And having, like, that super boozy backbone to it. Mm-hmm. But this does not feel, I mean, you know, unnecessarily or distractingly boozy. I, we said it was, what, 6.8? Um, 5.6. No, 5.6. No, wait, I'm sorry, I'm the wrong one. I'm looking at the classic pale ale. Mm-hmm. 6.8, yes, yes. I feel like so, when one orders just, like, the standard IPA at a 
like a brew pub or something of the nature, the the regular IPA, the American IPA, is on the high end of normal when it comes mm-hmm. to the, the ABV, and this is no exception. Yeah. But I suppose that's because, you know, it's got the just a truckload of malt in there, which would explain it, of course. Yeah. And I think the fact that it's caramel malt, too, mm-hmm. as a... As a what, ad, what's the word? Not an adjunct malt. Prime directive? <laughs> prime directive. What's the... It's not your primary malt, but your uh, secondary malt. Um, uh, specialty. Specialty malt. There, there we go. go. That's the word we're looking for. Um, so, yeah, I like that. I like that caramel flavor. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, really, this thing is all about the hops. It is just... It is a, a blasting amount of hops. But mm-hmm. I don't feel like we've said it's... I think because they're fresh, it's not, like, overbearing. Right. Yeah, I think if this was clearance rack in February... Oh, boy. Yeah. But, yeah, this is about as American as an American... Is it just a a standard American IPA can get? Mm Mm-hmm. In in a good way. Mm Mm-hmm. With a slight twist, caramel malts. I I think that just sort of adds to the... uh, Because this is kind of a warming beer. Right, yeah. I would agree, yeah. But it, it's not like bourbon barrel boozy or anything like that. No, no. It's it's. I like that it's kind of true to the uh, original West Coast IPA style. Me too. Yeah. Should we go in for the... Rating? R- the R-ing. Yes. I'll let you decide if you want to go first or second. Uh, Michael, you go first. Okay. Well, in that case, let me take a quick sip of judgment here. Mm-hmm. God, that is fresh. Um, Jeremy, I'm gonna go 3.75. What's preventing you from going higher? What is there anything you dislike about this beer? Um, besides the style. Well, as I drink it more, I was expecting something a little more unique, or maybe even, you know, I was looking for a gimmick, Mm -hmm. and I guess that's on me. But you know, I'm finding more. Just like a straight-laced um, West Coast IPA with a little slight little twist on it. I like that twist, uh-huh. but I, to me, it's not enough to like completely blow my mind. I mean, having said that, it's great for what it is, and it's really good fresh uh, or fresher. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm just slightly underwhelmed. You know, I don't know what I, that was. Probably it's more of a expectation thing on my end than anything wrong with a beer probably so so if you what sort of gimmick would you be looking for well it's hard to say in a ipa i I would just thought there'd be some sort of adjunct or spice in there that might make it more of like a a representational or like an iconic seasonal type twist um and the more i'm talking through that it sounds really gimmicky and they're probably not trying to pull a gimmick but um maybe that's just what i'm used to as far as some of these seasonals but like i would like say like zoko vesa that's of the season and i wouldn't call that a gimmick beer i think they just use lots of good adjuncts to make a nice winter beer see i would call that a gimmick beer kind of you would you said yeah 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 oh yes it's only because they make somewhat of a stink about it when it comes out. Oh, I see. And, you know, it's like, it's only here, and it's a Mexican hot chocolate. It's That's what it tastes like. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, if, that, if that makes any sense. No, I, I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, 
maybe it's a little of the style in there too about my like mm-hmm. bias against the style or just preferences because you hate IPAs. Yes, right. <laughs> um, Jeremy, mm-hmm. what would you rate it then? So I really like this beer. I like the fact that it is uh, it is able to pop through. I'm I'm getting a little bit of the a little bit. I'm getting a lot of it of both the citrus and the pine, which is very hard balance to master in my opinion because like it seems like so many times when we have one of these IPAs there's you know the aforementioned gimmick about it. It's it's hazy. It's a black IPA. It's this, it's that, it's the other. This one slaps it up on the table and says, "Hey man, this we're we're we were the first ones to make an American IPA." Yeah, I do like that about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that just hardcore sitting right behind it's it it it's putting its money where its mouth is. Um, I feel that because it's got all the Christmassy stuff on there, it might be throwing you and maybe the rest of the listening public off because mm-hmm. you're expecting like maple or like nutmeg or some sort of right, right, right. spruce tips or something of that nature. Yeah. But I think this is just, I mean, to me, it is what it says it is. It's, it's an American IPA with the first batch of hops because I am, I guess this is when hops can get uh, harvested, right? Yeah. Least... I mean, yeah, maybe that's, that's what it comes down to this simpler than it would appear. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a sucker for a fresh IPA. Yeah. So I'm going to give this 4.25. Ah. I think this is really, really good. Sure. It's, I don't, I don't think it needs to do anything different than what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. In any case, it's another one down the gullet. <laughs> what a, what an anticlimactic end to that. <laughs> You can check us out in a variety of places at APMPod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash APMPod. Email us directly, APMPod at gmail.com. You can also check us out on an untapped APMPod there, where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with all of our ratings. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, and Merry Christmas to you. Indeed. I know you celebrate Christmas, so that's okay to say. <laughs> <laughs> we say Merry Christmas in this house. <laughs> um. Uh, what else do we do? Oh, rate, review, subscribe, if you can. And um, yeah, I think we'll leave it at that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho.